This is the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin, a.k.a. Q Gauze No Days Off. From on the field and off the field, NFL player and entrepreneur. Motivating you to be the best you can be and getting you out of your comfort zone. Sharing with you travel, sports, and entrepreneurial tips with amazing guests on the show. Now, get ready for your life to change with the Life Journey Podcast and your host, Quentin Gauze. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Quentin Gauze, and we are on the Life Journey Podcast. We have a special guest on uh, the show today, Steve Froelich. What's going on? What's up, Q? Thanks for having me, man. It's good to see you, and I'm happy to join. Glad that you're on. By the way, this show is brought to you by Always On Vacation Clothing. Make sure you go to alwaysonvacationclothing.com to go cop some of your gear. So, Steve, man, first off, I wanted to, you know, I want to kind of read a little bit about your bio because you, you have an outstanding um, resume, and a lot of people, a lot of people should know about that. So. You so you so you went to New York University, got your MS. Yeah, you went to it was a Skidmore College, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I went to I started Skidmore College, which is in upstate New York. Uh, I got my master's in I mean, I got my bachelor's in business. Uh, then went to NYU and got my master's in public health. Sure. And then, uh, you know, I always kind of knew I wanted to be in and around the healthcare field, so uh, that was important to me. Um, I came from a family of healthcare administrators. My sister got her master's in public health from Michigan. And um, my dad was a um, healthcare administrator for like 40 years, um, 35 years. So it was kind of in our blood. Um, and uh, I knew that was kind of part of my destiny. So uh, when I graduated, I, I just wanted to be like around the healthcare field. And I did um, worked, started a few companies. Um, and then in 2009, uh, I started Parabolic. Um, which you know started out as a physical therapy practice, and, and then in about three years later, uh, we pivoted and started doing sports performance training um, because we realized that like most of the stuff we were doing on the PT table was was movement based and it was it was exercise based. So it was just a likely um, kind of just progression for us. Um, and then that was uh, 2009. We just celebrated our 2010, I guess, and we celebrated our 10 year anniversary just now. Wow. Yeah, it's so I, wow. I sped up the bio. No, it's good. It's good. That's good stuff. I, it's crazy. So I was a part of that process when you did your first NFL uh, pro, um, draft, uh, draft class for training back in 2000 and what was it? 2015. Yeah. And that was a great year because it was our first year doing it. So to get the trust of you and other athletes that needed to perform at their all-time peak for one single day, right? Whether it was your pro day or, or the uh, you know combine, so it was you know it was a it was a really interesting program. Um, we had an amazing draft class that year. We had Quentin Gauze, uh, we had Steve Longa, right? We had um, we had Mike Burton, we had Trevor Simeon uh, for a little bit, yeah. or was that the year after? Oh no, that was the year you did one. So you did it the, a year before, I'm guessing, with Mike and them. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, so you right. So you get my years mixed up. That's what happens when you get some my advanced age. So, um, but it was yeah, it was a great. We had Gary Nova, right? Mm -hmm. um, or was that the year before too? No, Gary. Gary was the same year. Okay, so that yeah, it was two thousand yeah, fourteen, fifteen. So, um, th that was you know that was our draft prep program, which was 
uh, super, you know, super fun to work on. And, and it was really successful because we were able to take an athlete from football shape, right? Because they, they joined our program like the day after their last day of <laughs> whatever their game was. Um, and back then, uh, you know, Rutgers was playing a little bit deeper into the season, right? Than they have been. Uh, so, you know, it was uh, it was great, and then we took them basically into and, and transformed them into track stars, um, even o, o linemen. Right? It was all about your forty time, um, you know, certain other measurables, and um, so it was it was a super fun program. And you are you know our, our shining star with your shirt off most of the time. And I remember when I, I first met you, and I was like, all right, we're giving out like swag, right? For give everyone like a bag and shorts and these tech tees and have quarter zips and everything. And I'm like, you, what size are you? Cause you could have said I'm an extra large or, or and you're like, no, I'm a medium. And I'm like, <laughs> like, okay. So you put it on like with your Adonis like body and, and you know, everything looks good on you, but it was like funny. I couldn't gauge that one. And I'm like, all right, from now on you're a medium. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was an awesome year. Um, definitely being in the program. Like I definitely learned a lot. And in that small time frame, definitely learned a lot. Right. And then so, you, when you played football before that and you played football after that, but it was a window in time. Right. And you made, you know, just you, you expand your network. We met yeah. and, um, and I think everything comes back to that and, and everything comes back to, you know, who is in your group and who is in your network and and how you can, you know, use that network to help yourself and help how you can use that network to help your friends, uh, your family members and even even this this week, I'm getting, you know, I get phone calls from people that, you know, don't need a job, but they need advice and they need me to help set them up with someone else. And and I always like paying that forward. So I think just developing your network, whether you're, a, you know, just graduating college or if you're a high school student or if you're a you know 40 year old person, um, you know, I love growing my network. And uh, and here we are and with, you know, with you, we developed, you know, we, we had a working relationship and a friendship. and. Um, and now I'm just super excited to see what, you know, what your, uh, next chapters are. Cause they're always very interesting to hear about. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, let's, let's kind of harp on that a little bit. I mean, developing your network, you said like, let folks know that are listening to entrepreneurs that are just getting started or have been having tons of trouble with connecting with people because maybe they're too shy to network. Maybe they're just at home on a computer and expecting business to come to them. Talk a little bit about that, like of how you got out your comfort zone to start your networking. Yeah, so I'm not a sales guy, right? I'm not the guy that's gonna sell you something that you either need or don't need. That's just not in my nature. But I, what I do is I, I like to call it relationship development. So I like to develop relationships. I like to, you know, to certainly meet people and learn about them. Um, and then everything kind of comes back full circle. Uh, it's, you know, for me, it's always about the long play. Uh, not the short play. So, um, you know, we've at Parabolic, we've grown from one facility, you know, 2010 uh, to seven facilities. Uh, now we have five facilities. Um, and every one of those opportunities did not come from me, you know, pitching some sort of sales thing. Right? It, it came from just networking and knowing people and people bringing me in and saying, hey, look, this is a really good opportunity for you guys. You know, you, you should meet this guy. Um, and I've learned a lot from those experiences. You know, Parabolic has grown because of those, you know, that re relationship development. At the same time, you know, that's, I think th those are, that's, there's two lessons there. One is growing your network is always going to help you. Um, and, you know, opportunities will always come from that. 
Um, the other lesson there is that we also uh, opened, you know, two facilities and they were ultimately mistakes and we had to withdraw from those facilities. That's why we were at seven, now we're at five. Um, and the lesson there is choose carefully who you partner with mm. um, because, you, you know, it's a marriage and, um, you know, you don't want to be in a toxic environment, even if, a, you know, if an opportunity seems really, really good. You know, we were in this like awesome facility um, and it was everything was just beautiful and shiny and wonderful. And then, you know, when the true colors of our you know our partners came out, we realized that that wasn't a good opportunity for us. So we were withdrew from that cool opportunity in 2019. So I learned so much from my mistakes. Um, so I think that, you know, networking is super important, knowing who your partners are and, you know, trying to make the best decisions possible is really important. And also learning from your mistakes. Wow, no, that's good stuff right there. That I think people definitely should hear. And like, I like what you said about like you, you make sure you you are um, you really you really know who you're going to partner with. And also like the downsizing of your facilities and like being able to go. You went from ten to you said five now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's for I think for some people it's it's all about right number of facilities, right? You can go to uh, you know franchises or you know or mm -hmm. other. Um, just expanding businesses that have like 10 facilities, 20 facilities, and that's somehow like a feather in their cap. Uh, for us, we grew to seven facilities, realized though that that wasn't the right choice for us. We are now are in five facilities in a much more streamlined business model. Uh, we're much more efficient. We're much better at what we do. And uh, for us, you know, if you're if you measure success with, you know, profit and loss, you know, we were up until COVID, we were having a banner year, um, you know, even though we consolidated our operations. So for right. us, the lesson was, you know, how do we, you know, maximize the earnings potential of parabolic, but not necessarily with scale, um, mm -hmm. but with utilization. So it was, you know, we felt we can do better in five facilities than scattered in seven with, you know, with just toxic relationships. Uh, so for me, for the sake of my people, uh, my mm -hmm. team, I, I just, I didn't think it was safe to keep them in a facility that, that wasn't um, a healthy environment. So right. part of that uh, was the reason that we left too. Oh, makes sense. That makes sense. And that's, that's smart. You gotta make your business moves and to keep the business surviving. Cause like, have there been times where you're like, man, like, I don't know, like, were there times like that where like, you know, you, you, you felt like, Look, like it's, it's looking bad this year. I might have to either start something else, or was there any moments like that, or has it been streamlined? Been it's been going very well. Like, have you had scare moments? Well, the most recent time that happened was about seven weeks ago, when I really thought that we weren't going to make it. Um, Parabolic wasn't going to make it um, because one of the things that we do is, you know, we do physical therapy and we do sports performance training. Um, both of those, you need to be together with your clients or your patients. Um, so in, in early March, when, when COVID continued to grow and grow and grow, you know, again, we had, we had a banner January. We had the best February of our history. We had a great fourth quarter of 2019. Everything was going so well for us. And then COVID happened. And when I say, you know, our revenue dropped from, you know, hundred percent revenue to zero overnight. And um, what I had to do was make a decision in, it was like March, like March, the week of March 16th, you know, how are we going to survive this? Because uh, the, the reality is it's not going anywhere, you know, it's only going to get worse. So what, what 
you know, it's funny. I, my daughter <laughs> is, a, is a tap dancer and her tap instructor all of a sudden went virtual and she started doing these Facebook live tap classes. And I'm watching my daughter tap dance um, in front of a screen and um, and I've like light bulb went off, um, you know, at the same time I've had, there was like chatter about physical therapy going to a, a telehealth model. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, this could actually work. But I, you know, I was like, I, it was like all the parts of the idea were there, but they didn't kind of click until I saw um, my daughter's tap teacher execute it at a high level. So then, you know, I got my leadership team together on, on calls and we said, you know, we are, we're switching to tele uh, or telehealth or tele PT starting like right away. And it wasn't like, right. you know, some of my team members were like, well, let's see how it goes. Let's, you know, let's wait a few weeks. And I'm like, no, like you don't understand. You're going to be treating tele tomorrow. Like we, we, have, we have 12 hours to figure this out. Um, and we did, and we evaluated in a very short period of time, you know, three different platforms, uh, picked one and my leadership team, you know, of about eight people were like, just like jumped in and they were spectacular when it comes to analyzing different platforms, uh, trying to figure out all of the, you know, compliance issues and the payment issues and the insurance issues and all sorts of stuff. It was so complicated. And honestly, it's been eight weeks since then and we're still haven't figured it all out because then the world changed right then there's um you know shutdowns and um you know um federal stimulus packages and all this stuff and we're just trying to understand in new york and new jersey what the regulations are and what who you what you can do what we can't do and and just when we kind of figured it out um last week happened and we decided that we were going to reopen um and we opened uh, two or, or three now of our facilities for live treatment because we figured we can do this safely. And during that period of eight weeks, we had all, all, most of our competitors stayed open. They were treating live during um, March and April and May. And you know that's their choice. And I think that if people want to come in and, and do that, that's fine. But I didn't think that we could do it safely. And I didn't think that it was gonna be safe for our patients and also safe right. for our team. So I made the decision to, to not do that and switch 100% to telehealth. Um, and then now we're um, reopening, but in a much safer environment. And I think people are just smarter and people kind of understand now that if you're going to go in for a, a, a treatment session, you're going to wear a mask. Whereas like six weeks ago, if I said like, you have to wash your hands, people were like, oh, why are you being so strict? <laughs> you know, and so that, like the world has changed so many times. Right. So, we, um, you know, we pivoted in, in March and our um, tele model was really, really successful. So, you, I mean, you started by asking, were there ever moments where you thought like, you know, gosh, this isn't gonna work out. There were historically, but I mean, it was happening. It, it literally happened, you know, in the last two months. Um, and I was, you know, super concerned about the future. And then, um, you know, again, it's all my team. My team was able to do the research, figure out how it was gonna work, um, and they, um, they performed, you know, I, I kind of steered the, you know, the bus a little bit, but they got it done. So it was, uh, it was good. And we've, you know, we've retained most of our clients on a tele model and now we're opening back up. So a lot of the people that, you know, were waiting to, you know, come and work doing that. So it's, you know, it, it's not ideal and it's not the way I would have scripted it, but it, um, it's been quite a lesson. That's awesome. You know what? I think again, folks listening from around the world, adjustments you you took the ship 
you steered in the right direction. You felt that it wasn't good to be open because you obviously, you know, because you know, dry needling and all that stuff. Like that's that's a smart move, and you're still successful today from it, and you're open, and you're still you survived. You survived it. Yeah, I mean, it's about survival, and it's about you know me, 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 but it's really about my team. Like my, my priority was how do I keep, you know, 60 people employed and, and how, how's that going to happen? Mm -hmm. Um, and we, you know, we had to make some sacrifices and we, you know, my entire leadership team, we all took salary cuts and, um, we adjusted like our entire team's compensation for this period of time. Mm -hmm. And everyone said, I, mean, I don't know what they said behind my back, but they said, all right, you know, I get it. I'm part of the team. I'd rather have a job after this. Um, and let's do what we need to do, um, you know, for the, you know, just the continuity of the company to make sure that we survive after COVID. Um, so that was, you know, that was tough. Um, but, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were going to be there for our patients because we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients that rely on us uh, for their health and also on the performance side, you know, for their, for their right. fitness and their well-being um, or their, you know, high level athletes like you. Um, so it's, you know, again, at first it was, you know, yeah, I was having like a holy blank moment uh, for me and my family, but it was also about like, what's my team? Like I, I'm responsible for them. Um, and then also what are our patients and our clients and our, you know, our athletes, I'm responsible for them too. So it, it wasn't, you know, when you think about it, like the decisions that I was making, um, you know, affected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, so it was, it was kind of a serious moment. Um, and sometimes like when you're the CEO of a company, look, I love my leadership team and they do amazing work. Um, but sometimes you make decisions like, you know, really, and you feel isolated, you know, you're very like alone when you make these like very, very important decisions. Um, and it's, I, I love working in groups and I love when I like work with my team and, and we get to like come up with an idea together. Uh, on this one though, it was a little bit more isolated and, and more challenging that way. Um, so again, my team helped execute this awesome plan. Um, but yeah, it was a little scary. You, you, I, I kind of never felt more alone in the month of March. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it, it, we, it seems to be working right now, and we, you know, we're definitely optimistic about you know kind of remobilizing and opening, which um, we you know reopened in one of our locations last week and two locations this week. Uh, two other locations were in like big sports destinations and we're not allowed to be in yet. So, um, but it's all in stages. No, makes sense. And when you get to that point, like you said, you felt like you were isolated. I mean, do you have mentors that you go to when, hey, you got to make a big business decision like that? Or maybe like even when COVID wasn't around, like, do you have any mentors that you normally go to for help when, uh, you know, it's a time of crisis or just a time just to need a decision that's pretty tough? Yeah, I go back to my network, right? We talked about, you know, how I, I can be part of your network, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're part of my network, but yeah, there are definitely people that I went to and, you know, and I said, Hey, look, you know, you might be in a slightly different industry, but how is this going to affect you? What are you working on? You know, are you applying for, you know, um, uh, PPP money through the government? Are you doing this? How are, you know, how do you do this? And I think when you, when you kind of pull, you know, 20 different people, um, you kind of blend your own, uh, answers and, and your own mm -hmm. strategy. So, um, yeah, I definitely went out to, you know, my network, my friends, my family, um, even like my landlord uh, in, in one of our locations. He's a super smart guy. And, you know, we kind of chatted about, you know, what he's going to do and how he's pivoting and, and adapting, like you said. Um, so I, I think that, again, use your network for, for a lot of things, right? If you're a young 
uh, recent grad, use it to you know get a job or, or try to figure out what you want to do. I use my network to try to you know help steer the you know the boat, and um, and it was really rewarding. Um, and everyone is really very willing to offer help and, and offer guidance and offer their experiences. So um, it was definitely helpful. Oh, good stuff. That's good stuff. That's a bit, one of the biggest things, like on my end too, building out iron visuals and you know visual marketing and branding. You got to have a mentor when you're building some of this stuff out. And like now we're, you know, we're doing well, we're running ads, we're doing PPC for people. But the biggest thing is like mentorship before you get into that. Because who was your mentor? <laughs> who was your mentor? My mentor is this guy named Jabril Abrigo. Um, he does over, over a mill with just marketing around the world and like 32 years old. And his, his mindset is just like, you got to be consistent at it. You got to show up every day. Because if you don't show up, I mean, like, you know, like, if you don't show up, then you're not going to, you know, you, you're not going to get to where you want to be. One, one cool quote that I, I saw on your site was uh, always deliver more than expected. Where'd you get that from? All right. So first of all, you can't see it because it's on my computer. But on the bottom of my computer, I have a sticker that says deliver more than expected. So every day when I open my computer up and I start my work day, it's literally what I see. I wish I could take a screenshot of this, <laughs> but it's literally right there. Literally um, right. <laughs> wait, I can. I'm going to take a screenshot for you. So uh, hold, please. <laughs> so here's this is the bottom of my computer screen. It's upside down, but there's oh, a wow. sticker that says deliver more than expected. Um, wow. It's, it's literally, yeah, it's it's it's, it's something that, that I think makes sense for me, right? Um, and it apply it applies to a lot of things uh, professionally. Um, but yeah, what we like to do is we try to do our best every day at Parabolic. But when people have an experience that was just a little bit better than what they were expecting, um, right. they'll talk about it. Um, so only people that have fantastic experiences talk about them and people that have really horrible experiences talk about them. Most people in the middle <laughs> just don't think it's important enough to talk about that. But um, so we like to try to exceed expectations um, and, you know, that comes like the smallest little things like in our in our facilities, when you walk up and, you know, and, and you're greeted at the desk, we always have a jar of um, York peppermint patties. Remember those? Like, where you <laughs> I, always, I always take them. So, I always take them when I come through there. there you I go. Like, so like, the yeah. reason that's there is because, yeah, it's not the most healthy thing. We actually started when in 2010, when we first opened and we only had like six clients. There was actually fresh apples, but it turns out it's really hard to get like fresh fruit every single day. So it became York peppermint patties. But we, not only are they in a bowl at the front desk, but they're also in our locker. So if you go to like a locker and you open up your locker door, there's a folded towel and there's a York peppermint patty. Those are little things to me that are really important, and they they kind of round out a positive experience. So yeah, when when our clients come and it's their first time ever at Parabolic. Um, when they, you know, go to a locker and they see that, hopefully that's something that, um, you know, just is one little added value that they, that they'll remember. Um, it's funny cause now people have told me like over the years that they started doing that in their business too, you know, whether it's a car dealership or whatever. Um, so, and again, I didn't, I didn't invent it. I got it from a business, you know, when I was in uh, <laughs> graduated college and I thought it was an amazing idea. So I guess you pay it forward. Um, but little things like that. And, you know, we'll look, the bottom line is we don't always hit the mark and, and we, you know, we disappoint people sometimes. And 
um, you know, and, and we, we try to do our best. Um, yeah. And, you know, when we miss the mark, um, I, I do my best to contact that client and explain why. Like, I, we have one angry client today uh, that, you know, has a insurance billing issue. And, um, no, you know, normally I, I can't reach out to every single client. We have thousands of them. But, um, you know, I reached out to her and said, look, we dropped the ball. We made a mistake. Um, and I'm researching it and we're going to make it right tomorrow. So, um, you know, sometimes that's, that's what's necessary in my job too. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and that makes the client happy that the CEO reached out <laughs> in that yeah. they feel well, good. It's funny. We do things like that. And we also have, um, you know, my, my new business development, uh, person named Cindy, she's really smart too. And one thing that she does is she, you know, makes sure that you know, every single referral that we get and every single doctor that refers, like they get a handwritten note. So, um, you know, she, when she sees me, she's like, sign these. <laughs> um, but what the, the little things like a handwritten note to say thank you to somebody um, is something that it doesn't always happen anymore. And when you when you put and, and you realize like, wow, that was special. They took the time to do that. Um, that's another, you know, example. So every single new client that comes in our door, they get, um, a handwritten, thank, you know, thank you note for, you know, for trusting us and coming in, uh, the doctors that refer to us get a handwritten note and some of them get, a, get a bunch of them. And, um, but there's, you know, really no more simple and effective way to say thank you than a handwritten note. It's funny cause I, I even take that. Um, and I know this doesn't really happen as much anymore, but, um, certainly when I was younger and I had my mentors. Um, one thing that was really important to me is if I ever interviewed someone and they, you know, it, it was very important to me that I got a thank you note, you know, thanks for, thanks for interviewing me. Thanks for considering me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to working for the company. Um, and you know, and so what I, now when we interview people and if someone interviews and doesn't write a thank you note, we don't even consider them for like the next stage, even if we love them. Um, to me, it's it's an important thing, and we don't tell them that ahead of time. Maybe, hopefully, you know they're listening now. But um, to me, it's it's an important thing, and there's still some like decorum and gentlemanness in in the professional work environment that uh, I think that's really important. So, you know, if there's a you know a young recent grad and you want to you know move forward, write thank you notes. Um, it can go a really long way. That's huge. Those are, those are like little hidden gems that a lot of people overlook in business. Um, they just, some people are like money, money, money. When it comes down to like, Hey, like take care of your client first, make sure they're happy. I mean, that's, that's, that's some, those are some hidden gems. Well, that's it. And, and again, we miss the mark a lot, but, um, that happy person is going to refer you to someone else. And, and it's, again, it's, it's the long game. And, you know, whenever mm. I meet someone, it's not about like, what can that guy do for me today? It's, you know, well, maybe in six months or a year and in two years or five years, that relationship will come back. And if we, you know, constantly do a good job, uh, you have a better chance of it coming back. So a lot of the deals that we're working on, you know, this year um, are just from relationships that we've had, you know, from years past. Powerful, powerful. You know who says that a lot, the long game? Who? Gary V. Oh, really? Yeah, Gary Vandershack. <laughs> yeah, always talks about that. Um, good stuff. So couple more questions. So what would you suggest? So how, how can someone get involved in kind of, I guess, like what you created? So like what I'm trying to ask is how, you, you're, you're a business owner. 
how can they create someone interested in the healthcare field that wants to be a CEO, that wants to create something like Parabolic one day, this is probably like college student, high school student that's listening. What, how, how, did they, how did you get to that point? Like where did this knowledge come from to create, yeah, 10 facilities at one point to do all that? So what, how did you get to where you are in that aspect? You know, I think that I, I rely on people. You know, again, my, my leadership team now is, um, you know, helps execute and they're super smart and they're super capable um, and I rely on them. You know, I can't do it all by myself and, uh, and I'm not an expert in really anything. I, you know, I, I, I kind of dabble in a lot of little things, but I'm not an expert in physical therapy and I'm not an expert in finance. I'm not an expert in, uh, you know, HR and hiring processes. I'm not an expert in, um, you know, just other strategy. Like, I'm not an expert in all that. I, I'm, again, I'm, 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 I guess, I don't know if we use a bus or a boat reference earlier, but I'm steering <laughs> that thing. And, um, and I, I rely on people. So when, you know, you've heard before, like you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. And, um, I, I take that quite literally, uh, you know, my, my attorneys, my finance people, my leadership team, they're all a hell of a lot smarter than I am. And I think that, you know, just trusting them and knowing who to go to, to get stuff done is really important. Um, you know, and then when I was younger, it was just make a million mistakes. I can't even tell you how many mistakes I made like today, um, but they happen a lot. And, um, you know, my right hand person at work, uh, her name is Jasenia. She's been with me since the day one. She was my first hire wow. um, and she's grown up so much in the last 10 years. And, and, you know, we've kind of aged together, but she, you know, she's super helpful in, in just getting stuff done and helping me execute the, the plan and the strategy. Um, but both of us rely on outside people and other experts. Um, but again, it's, it's putting together your team and, and trusting your team. So, um, you know, to me, my success, um, you know, financially and, and business has been about my team. Um, but it's funny cause people talk about like success and, and, you know, and, and I think other, a lot of people have a different idea of what that really means. Um, but you know, for me, it's, it's, it's less about money and, and about number of facilities and all that other stuff like yeah i want to have a financially viable company but mm -hmm. I, I to me a success at work has been that we're able to do what we're doing and um be a successful business but also stay true to our uh you know kind of our pillars um which are provide really quality care um, I think if you talk to our therapist, there's not a single PT practice in the world that I'm aware of that really just sticks to the values and uh, allows the therapist to um, provide quality treatment. Over the last 10 years, I've seen so much change. And, you know, and now there's just, it's all about high volume and, you know, just much less personal care. Um, so we, you know, we, we've kind of remained boutique, which is important. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's that. And then on personal side, you know, I got to tell you that even though the last two months have been super stressful um, and, you know, there are moments where I'm like this, this whole thing can just sink. Um, I've, I've never had two full months to hang out with my family before, like every single day. So I think we're going to look back in five years and 10 years and or I'm definitely going to look back at that time and just kind of cherish the time that I have with my family. Um, you know, my kids are, my, my children are 12, they're twins. Um, so in like, in like 
we're right in this perfect window where in a couple of years, they're not going to want to have anything to do with me, <laughs> but now they're super fun and, and, and they're great. So, you know, when am I going to have so far 60 straight days with them? I've cooked 60 straight meals. I took one night off, we ordered in, but, um, you know, I cooked 60 straight dinners. Um, my wife and I are totally tolerating each other. Uh, and she's super busy with everything. So it's just, uh, it's really good time. So, um, but we have to get creative too. Like we, you know, we have our, our anniversary is coming up. It's our 16th year anniversary. And right, right. You know, I was talking to my wife and she's like, well, you know, what do you want to do for your anniversary? Cause there's really not much. And she's like, I just want a date night. The kids can eat whatever they want to eat. We're just going to have a date night together, like in the dining room. And we're going to, you know, have a bottle of wine and that's that. So you kind of appreciate certain things now, uh, that are much less materialistic than, mm. you know, than, some you know would probably shoot for you know a couple months ago right wow that's powerful that's powerful stuff right there all right so kind of taking it off uh from business what's your favorite obviously you can't go to it now restaurant to go to in new jersey i mean that's funny because i'm a new yorker I, I work in new jersey and i love new jersey um but I can probably give you a lot more New York restaurants, but there's one restaurant that is, happens to be located in Montclair, New Jersey, next to our headquarters. And the food at this one restaurant, I'm telling you, I've been to all over the world. I've been Manhattan's best restaurants uh, everywhere. Um, but I think it's the best food ever in any right. restaurant of any type. And it's called The Corner in Montclair. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're from Montclair, you live in Montclair, you know about the corner. It's this tiny little place. It's always super packed. The food is absolutely sensational. And mm -hmm. I can't even, like, they make these scones that are like this big and they're very <laughs> incredible. They're chocolate chip cookies. Like when they bake them, they, like everyone mm -hmm. in the restaurant like claims them because they, they never actually make it to the countertop. Um, and you know, they have these like avocado toast and these egg dishes and these pancakes. It's it's really good. So in New Jersey, my favorite restaurant is called The Corner in Montclair. Legendary. Goodness. Now I'm, I'm, my mouth is watering now. Jeez. <laughs> you probably know um, all the, all like the, is, is Dinosaur Barbecue big in, or is that Syracuse? That's not Rochester, right? Oh, you know about, uh, you know about Dinosaur? Well, I mean, there uh, is there in Manhattan too. Oh, they do. You know what? You're right. I, you know I'm what? Thinking now now it actually is hot man really well. Do you know uh, the, the service called Gold Belly? Gold Belly, no. So Gold Belly is this like service that delivers food from like all over the, the like the country. So they'll have like deep dish pizzas in Chicago, and they'll have like some of Manhattan's best restaurants. They deliver out and everything. So you can go on Gold Belly and like choose this like amazing food, and they ship it to you in a couple of days, and it comes like frozen. <laughs> so for yeah. my birthday was in April, so we we got we had a delivery from uh, this restaurant in New York and this bakery in New York, and it was fun because we we don't really have access to all that stuff. Um, right, because it's Chef Steve time, but um, you know, Gold Belly is good, so you should, you should check that out. Okay, I mean, and, and let's talk about this real quick about your your chef skills. Like, I didn't I didn't know you were a good chef. So, what's oh, your favorite meals you love to cook? So uh, I'll get to, so again. My wife is super smart, right? So the, one of the smartest things she ever did was she sent me to cooking school when we start first started. Uh, first <laughs> <laughs> so. She sent me, she loves Mark. sushi. So she sent me this like sushi making class. So all of a sudden, bam, I know how to make sushi. And then she sent me to like all these like series of classes at the, um, the Institute for Culinary Education in New York City. Oh and you know, like one of them was techniques one, one was knife skills, one was this, you know, so all this stuff. And it kind of like just 
sticks in my brain. So look, there's much better cooks in the world, but yeah, no, I definitely have a good base, like a foundation. So, um, and I love, you know, uh, like reading and, and, you know, on, on social, I follow a lot of chefs and, and stuff. So I, I'm now is this time where like, it's, it's fun to explore and we're a little short on ingredients, but it's fun. Um, and the one thing that's great too, is my kids are really enjoying cooking. So we're doing a lot of baking together and we're doing a lot of cooking together. And that's, I think that's really good family stuff because like my parents cooked, so I was just always comfortable in a kitchen. Um, so I hope my kids have that when they get older, that they'll, they'll just be really good cooks and they'll have a, a passion for it as well. Wow. That's that's That's, you have a very smart wife. Everyone listening, get a smart wife that will do that. She's That's super smart. She yeah, smart. she knows. I always said I would like I would pay her back by sending her to like massage therapy school, but <laughs> That's awesome though. Um wow, that's some good stuff. What's your three favorite books, either favorite books of all time or books you're currently reading for some of the listeners to read start reading? Um all right. Well, one of them is just one of them is called Blindness. It's, I forget who wrote it, um, but it's this, about this epidemic where everyone in the entire world goes blind and they have to like survive through it. So I remember that was great. And, and speaking of like what's happening now in the world, it's never been uh, more relatable. Um, one book I love is Hug Your Customer, um, which is a, a book um, from this, uh, basically this, this Mitchell family and in the, in the, they own a retail store in Connecticut. Um, and it was all the, his, you know, his anecdotes and his philosophies about, um, you know, just treating the customer really, really well. Um, mm. So it's actually, we used to make every single employee read the book. Now we've sort of abbreviated a little bit and give them like the highlights. Um, gotcha. But it's one of like the, the books that I have like 20 copies on my desk. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's so many, but yeah. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you had a chance to read Atomic Habits? Nah, what's that about? By James Clear. I'm still going through it. I'm like on the second chapter, still going through it. But it's just about like, yeah, your daily habits as a as a person and how to execute to where you know executing your 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 day and how to go about it to get the success you want. Um, yeah, like a lot of people have recommended it, so I ended up picking it up. Oh, I'll check that out. That sounds great. Yeah. And now it's like less about reading; it's more about like you know listening to because like you know yeah, I, you just, I guess I used to have this like long commute and now I'm, I haven't been commuting anywhere, so I. Maybe I've slowed down a little bit. Yeah, that's good stuff. Last question. What's your favorite quote, or it could be your quote or somebody else's that you, you can let the crowd know about? Something that can they could take home and like, man, that was impacting. I need I needed that. Wow. I guess I should have uh prepared <laughs> for this. Um exactly. honestly, I, I it's funny. Well, you also said it before. I would have said deliver more than expected because it's, um, you, you know, to me, it, it, it's it just, it works for me. It's what I think about. Um, uh, gosh, that, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'll have to come back on the podcast and, and, and give you a better answer, but I feel like I failed you. No, it's all right. I mean, yeah, we could always, we would definitely gonna get, get you back on again. <laughs> I'm free tomorrow. <laughs> we'll go round two already. Um, no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So anything else you would like to let uh, any other listeners know, any young entrepreneurs, um, anyone that's either, you know, a bit in the game too, anything else you want to leave them with? Just, um, you know, I, I think you're a really good example of this, but, um, you know, if there's something that you love and you're passionate about, try to find a way to make that your career. 
right? Mm -hmm. You, I mean, you, you seem to follow every one of your passions, travel, football, you know, um, media, you like, I've, I've just watched you these interests and, you know, and just absolutely crush them. Like you, you don't seem to be someone that is going to be stuck in a job that they're unhappy with. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a cliche to say, if you love what you do, never work a day in your life. But it's true, like be, be around industries that you that you like. I mean, I knew that I was kind of destined to be in and around the healthcare field. It just it just made sense to me. Um, there's other people that think sports is that. Not, not, no, not a lot of people get to do what you do, but be like around like the business of sports and, and that stuff. And that's right. great. And you got to start somewhere and you got to, you know, just have a lot of um, experiences and jobs I think a lot of times, you know, we, I, I meet a lot of young people and they just want to like hit the fast forward button and just get to the yeah. end. Um, and I think that part of it is just experiencing that. And, um, you know, also what's what's important is I've had really, really, really good bosses in my life. And I've had really, really, really bad bosses, like horrible people. And both were really important. And I've, I've learned so much from my good bosses um, earlier in my career that I that have molded me to be the type of leader I want to be. Um, and then also the, the bad experiences are just as important because I know, all right, how am I going to react to this situation right here? I can react like this guy would or I can react like this guy would. And if you do it enough times, um, it kind of becomes you. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think that, you know, having these weird bad jobs when I was, you know, 22 and 23, like th that's all molded me to be the type of person and leader uh, that I am. So I think that, you know, don't hit the fast forward button and just, you know, learn from every single day and every single experience. And I think that if you're learning and learning and learning and you're in the, the, career, the career space that you want to be in, like you'll find a way to, you know, seize opportunities and be super successful in it. Powerful, powerful words, y'all. Hey, Steve, I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, definitely, can you, can you please let everyone know about you know the uh, Parabolics website, um, social media? Uh, Want to plug it in real quick? No, I'm, well, sure. I'm just so proud of you, Q. You know, I, I'm really <laughs> happy when you talk about us. Uh, so for us, yeah, we're we're uh, at Go Parabolic, um, and we you know Twitter. I, I mean, Instagram is Go Parabolic. That's pretty much our like our heaviest feed. Um, we're in uh, five locations in New Jersey uh, now through telehealth. We're all over the world. So anyone that needs any uh, rehab, any aches and pains, we can address it uh, starting right away um, uh, using telehealth. And it's honestly been a godsend. I'm, I go to uh, physical therapy three days a week um, just by using my computer now. And it's, uh, it's really an awesome platform. So that's kind of um, what, yeah, what we've been doing. Awesome stuff. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, they, look, I'll let y'all know, Parabolic Services, like, I gotta let you know, like, they, every time I come to New Jersey, I always get Johnny uh, Lee my mic, because he does such a great job. He did such a great well, job. We also have a lot of heavy stuff for you to lift, and you like that stuff. Exactly. So you can get strong, you can take care of your body, whatever you need, they do it for you. So, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna have you back on at some point again. This I'm was free like, every day, uh, every day, literally. <laughs> every day. Like, every day. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you so much. And I, I love listening to you and, and watching you grow and, and listening to your other guests. Uh, you know, it's a really powerful uh, platform that you have and, and make me proud. Appreciate that. All right, so everyone listening, thank you so much. Closing it out, Q goes out, Steve's out too. Thank you for listening to the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin Gauze. To find out more 
and to follow the journey, visit Quentin's Instagram at QGauze or our business page at iron underscore visuals. For full recaps of this show, find us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thank you for tuning in.